Thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt. And I'm joined today by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hi there, there. I didn't really there. run out of air back there. Hi there. Hello. Hi there. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Heydy ho there, neighbor. Is that Ned Flanders? Uh, no, I was I was leaning more towards uh, uh, Tool Time, Home Improvement, Tim Allen, the neighbor who doesn't show his face. Oh, Wilson. Wilson. Doesn't he usually like, hidey ho there, neighbor, or something? I think Ned Flanders uh, says that, too. Yeah, that is Ned Flanders. Anyway. But hey, man, Home Improvement. What a show. Hey. Iconic. They like that like, weird sound he'd make. Like, Arr. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just the ultimate uh, early 90s male sound. Yeah. It's great. Emery and I will just like be around the house, like if we're in the garage, like, I don't know, like if he's going to, like, I have like my little fertilizer spreader for my lawn, like on like this pulley system. So it's just hanging above my car. Uh huh. And he'll help me raise it up. And so whenever like we're pulling the little rope to, to pull it up to the ceiling, I'll be, uh, he'll be like, ha, ha, ha. Like we'll grunt in unison. It's great. It's pretty. It's a. It's a pretty solid. Great dad son bonding moment. Love that. Anywho, anywho. (laughs) Why don't you Ah. tell people what our episode is about today? Great. Hello, my friends, listener. Today's episode is about Dolby Atmos. And we kind of have like this subtitle of is Atmos worth it? Question mark. Um, And that's today's episode. We want to revisit this topic. We had made an episode, an episode. We probably made it two years ago. I think it came out a year and a half ago. Um, And it was kind of on spatial and we touched on Atmos as well. And we was like right after spatial came out. Yeah. With Apple. And, um, it was very, very new in theory for the audio community, and we said a lot of things that um, were ac- actually very good things. Looking back on the episode, and were very true things. Some good questions. We got mixed response. Overall, got very good responses, but we ruffled some feathers. And so, we want to do a follow up episode, not to ruffle more feathers, but to have a discussion again about where we are with Atmos, mainly, and we'll talk about Apple Bit Spatial as well. Mainly because it's becoming a hotter topic. It's also becoming even more confusing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily how do you work in it, but you know, is it worth it? Do I need to be doing it? Do I need to be thinking about it? Is there a demand for it? Does the consumer care about it still? And then what's going on on the back end with labels and DSPs, uh, which means digital service providers, so Apple, Spotify. You know, Spotify's still not even offering it. Apple offers it. Title has, I think, their own. Gosh, someone's going to rip me on that one. I can't even remember. Um, but anyway, this episode is uh, to be a discussion episode. It is not to, uh, the disclaimer is not to poo poo anyone. If you love Atmos, you love working in it, you've committed to it, you want to get into it. Matt and I say, do it. Do what you want to do with your life. <laughs> If you enjoy the format, enjoy it. If you love creating in it, do it. If you believe in it, it's great. If your experience is the demand is there, awesome. 
If it's your experience is the opposite, that's great too. But we wanted to address it because Matt and I are getting hit up more and more. I'm getting hit up for sure, like almost every week for the last like six months, which is why we're doing this episode about people asking me from the mastering side, you know, is there even still, is there a need for mastering in Atmos, you know, beyond just the traditional idea of, oh, I'm just a different set of ears, which is a valid thing, um, you know, to an extent. Um, and then just figuring out if I want to get into it, how should I get into it? <laughs> And then the other side of it, too, is people asking, like, where do I find the work? People seem to be hyping this thing up still online and in the forums. Um, Some of the bigger (laughs) players are getting into it and making it seem like there's this abundance of work. And all the indie people are like, no one's creating it. No one's mixing in it. Not no one. That's an extreme. 95% of people aren't or more are not asking for it, not creating it, not thinking about it. So where is this hype and demand? And will I be able to get into it if I commit to it? And do I really need to spend 50, 100 grand into a room or is it cool to just do it on $100 headphones? So that's going to be kind of this episode. Matt's got a uh, ton of stuff, ton of stuff. I don't want to hype him up, but Matt prepared for this episode. So if you have listened to the show, you know, Matt and I don't prepare for the episodes. (laughs) So this is a special one because we wanted to really try and be sensitive and considerate to this topic. We wanted to voice our opinions. We did a bunch of research leading it up to it. Uh, if you're listening to this, we will, I'm sure, get some things wrong. We will misspeak, I'm sure. We will mess up some facts, probably. Uh, that's because we're human and it's a casual podcast. So... Um, you know, don't come at us with, uh, with, with aggression or anger. If we make a mistake, be kind about it. Let us know. Happy. We love when people correct us. That's fine. If it's a like, we say something like, "Hey, check this out. This is what actually is going on." Great. Just be gentle. Be kind. That's the episode. Be kind and rewind. You know, that's all we're asking for this episode. Thank you, Blockbuster. Thank you. Blockbuster, love you. So we didn't deserve Blockbuster. Oh, we didn't. Oh, the smell in there too, just such a distinct, like greasy videotape smell. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a long enough disclaimer. If you know our podcast, you know we're nice people. You know we love everyone. We know you know we are all about community. We're five years deep into this, so this is not a hate episode. We've never made one of those. Um, but if you disagree with us, that's fine too. That doesn't mean we don't like you or you don't have to like us. We just might have different opinions. And that is healthy. That's great. So anyway, Matt, wait, mm-hmm. are you going to do housekeeping then? I was just thinking this. is like, <laughs> crap, I just set you up for an intro. Hello. Which means I got to do housekeeping. Let's do it. Man, you this is it. just a backwards episode today. You do housekeeping. Let's go housekeeping. If you are a person listening to this podcast, if you wouldn't mind at this moment taking a screenshot, posting it to Instagram, to Facebook, wherever you listen to this, we would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening to this on a podcasting platform, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all the other ones that I can't remember... Um, if you can go on there and just leave us a review or stars or whatever they got, thumbs up, please no thumbs down. <laughs> this episode might get it though. I, I, I don't know. We're, um, 
I already start. I like that that next sentence I was about to start got into the episode because I don't normally do <laughs> housekeeping. But anyway, if you wouldn't mind doing that, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, this podcast is only really what it is because of you, and we cannot thank y'all enough for being who you are and being such a lovely audience and listening to us ramble every other week for the past five years. So um, you are as much of this podcast as we are. So thank you for being here. And if you wouldn't mind just sharing all this goodness with a friend um, and social media, I guess your friend can be Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. <laughs> uh, we would appreciate it. So anywho, that's housekeeping. On to the episode. Sam. Matt. I made a mistake in the Apple Spatial Audio um, one I think it was episode 95. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, 95. Correct yourself. Yeah. So I, and I've I've heard this, but I was corrected. And so I'll take the L here. I called it atmosphere because I thought that's what Atmos was short for, one would assume. Kind of like, oh, you're pretty much half there with, with, with the letters, but it is not. Um, so... I had a bunch of people say, you're wrong. And I was like, okay, fine, I'm wrong. So I'll admit in a future episode. So I am wrong. Do you want to get into what Dolby Atmos is? I think that's a good starting place. Like, so what is this? What do we know about it? Dolby Atmos is a surround sound technology developed by Dolby Laboratories. Its inception was 2012. So it's been around for 12 or 10 years. 10 years, 10-year-old tech. It expands on existing surround sound systems by adding adding height channels, allowing sounds to be interpreted as three-dimensional objects. Following the release of Atmos for the cinema market, a variety of consumer tech has been released under the Atmos brand, using in-ceiling and up-firing speakers. That is basically what Atmos is. The first Dolby Atmos installation was in the El Capitan Theater, in L.A. in June 2012. There were 25 Atmos releases that year. And now, as of 2020, there are... or There are 300, sorry. There were 25 Atmos places then. As of 2020, there are 6,000 Dolby Atmos theaters in the world. Okay. Yeah, I remember when I remember when uh, this came out, and the only reason I know when it came out is I have a handful of friends who do audio video installs for um, hi-fi companies, and it's pretty much a it's pretty much people with a bunch of money who want to deck out their theater and listening rooms, and that's that was that was from what I understood was like the main audience for when this came out and like i remember you'd see like these like like pipe cages almost mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. like speakers all over them i still see them and i don't know if like they've like reduced that like 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 how many speakers you need or like do more actually make it better or is there like a there's got to be like a perfect amount that like, because like you have all these studios putting it up, and it's like there's a spec for that, and so it's like that's got to be pretty darn close to like what is perfect. Yeah, and I don't know if like that little cage thing is like a little overkill these days, or if everything's kind of like refined down. But I remember that's that's how I remember this all starting, and uh, for those applications, and I mean that's where I would hear my like some of 
some people that I know like would call it like like yeah, it's Dolby atmosphere. And so you go look it up now and like there's nothing there. So whatever. Um so as far as this kind of coming into mainstream for music, this touches on our last episode, a skosh. I need to tilt my microphone down. I'm hearing the room in my headphones. Um as far as this coming into music, it seems like Apple was kind of the bridge mm-hmm. for this with their Apple Spatial Audio. I'm not really sure how Dolby Atmos and Apple Spatial Audio really differ these days. They seemed like two things, and they kind of still seem like two things, but I don't really know if they're two things or not. But anyway, there's a lot of there was like a lot of like hype around it, and let's call it like a year and a half ago. I mm-hmm. think it was April 21 that this came out. Um, yeah, this says May 17, 2021, Apple Music announced the official edition of Spatial Audio with support for Dolby Atmos. And this was really, re- this was really launched like as an article. And then there was like, there were some playlists and whatnot that you could go check out and they do like the mono, the stereo and the Atmos or the Apple spatial audio versions of these. And uh, there was a lot of hype around that. Do you want to talk about the past year and a half? Yes. As far as like, uh, let's talk about like the hype and I'm not... Once once again, y'all, this is this is a completely we're trying to be as unbiased as possible. We obviously have our own own opinions about this. We'll probably get to a little bit later. Um but like we're trying to be as unbiased as we can and and but like this is also like an anecdotal podcast. So we're just trying to like keep all that in mind and kind of give everything like as fair of a shake as possible. Cause I mean, there are some of you that do use this and there are some of you who do like love it. And we we kind of like want to lean into that as well, but this is our podcast too. So <laughs> lean into some of the hype that we saw and lean into some of the articles that came out um, and the business decisions that were kind of made as a result of this at the studio level and the label level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're smart. You can handle all three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So last year and a half, um, it's been interesting because when it first came out, there was a big panic of basically people thinking they were behind and because Mm -hmm. it was pushed so aggressively and kind of like, this is the new thing and stereo is inferior. I mean, that's how they presented it was here's the stereo and here's Apple spatial or here's, you know, Dolby site is before and afters and basically saying you do that. You do a before and after because you're saying one is better than the other. (laughs) That's why you do before and afters. You're not saying this one is good for this reason and this one is good for this reason. Uh, all the spatial and Atmos promotion has been based on basically comparisons of here's what you have before, old tech, either mono stereo stuff, and then here's where it's at now, binaural spatial Atmos. And when I say all those three things, I know they can be different. So don't come at me, please. Um, there was a big panic because people realized that there were select people in the industry and studios and engineers that had been basically given uh, the secret that this was going to be pushed hard. And that was a bit unfair. So people were panicking, thinking, well, shoot, there's like these people that are already working in this format. I don't even understand it. I don't know how to work in it. 
I don't have the money for it. How many speakers do mm-hmm. I need? Can I do it in headphones? Which do I need to make spatial? Do I need to make Atmos? Is it Atmos or Atmosphere? Like <laughs> common questions, very normal, <laughs> normal <laughs> questions. And when we made our episode, it was very new. I would say 95% of what we said was actually accurate, surprisingly, um, for not really knowing much in it. I had dabbled in it with two different songs uh, with a label and had found it back then to be extremely clunky. Uh, I did it in headphones, and they ended up not releasing it because they just were like, this is not, this doesn't matter. So they just put out the stereo versions that I did of the mix and quote-unquote master. Um, So, you know, I found the format to be not, you know, not great to start with. There were a lot of people that I talked to over the last year and a half who are basically still in the same boat, who are still kind of panicking, but more so, you know, I'll speak about Nashville. Like, there's been, most people are waiting and are still waiting. And that was kind of the big thing. Anytime something like this gets rolled out where it's not from the consumer demand, it's from companies pushing a format saying this is better and, oh, by the way, you got to buy a bunch of stuff and, and do all this. It just feels a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, if you like working it, that's great. Um, but most people I know have waited um, to work in it, mainly because the demand has not yet happened. There are select people who are getting lots of Atmos work, um, but it's at usually very low budgets. Um, or what's starting to happen already is there are people now catching on to how to work into the format, especially when Logic did their update, um, which made basically you you have the ability to print out ADM files um, to upload as an Atmos release. There are a number of people I know, and there's nothing wrong with this to me in theory, because it's just how it goes, that are working basically just in headphones and cranking out Atmos stuff on the cheap really quickly just because labels are wanting it because DSPs are withholding promotion unless you turn in some sort of, you know, spatial or Atmos release for their platform, um, which is called gatekeeping. And that's awful. So there hasn't been, unfortunately, over the last year and a half, this is my view. I think most engineers in Nashville would agree with me. I don't speak for them, so but I've talked to a lot of them and most think that this format is not terrific, mainly because the push is still um, coming from the top, from companies and not from the consumer and not even from the artists. Um, The artists are not very concerned about Atmos. Um, They're not very concerned about having that release outside of knowing they need to jump through some hoops to then get promotion to then promote the stereo version of the record, which is just completely backwards. (laughs) So there's something interesting happening um, from the top that's going on. And, um, you know, it's it feels strange. It doesn't feel like it's about the music or really about creating new art still or enjoying a new format. You know, there's people out there that probably create in this format and think this is great. It really is better. And you know what? That's awesome. Like maybe you are creating quote unquote better. I'll just call it different things than the stereo. And it feels more exciting and it's more entertaining because you've got, 
you know, 12 speakers as opposed to 10 cent earbuds. Like, I get it. Like, it's great. It's wonderful. But for, I'll say, 99% of the people out there, there is still no demand. And I'm happy to eat my words in five years if there is. But there's still no demand a year and a half, two years later for this format for most people in the industry. And so the last year and a half, there's been a bunch of question marks. There's been a lot of, you know, I'll say, if you want to view it on like the working class audio people for the most part, so not your top tier guys, A-list who are doing the majority of, you know, the top records, uh, the top 100 records on Billboard. There's, you know, outside of that, there's way more records to be worked on that that's what most of us do. Um, who are in the industry, and that's fine. And so for us, and this, I'm not even upset by this, I have had maybe two requests over the last year and a half for me to, if I will master for Atmos, um, for different labels, major labels, and I tell them no. And I've asked them questions such as, hey, if I want to get into this, is, is there enough work for it? You know, the answer is basically... There's there's no guarantee. Um, I've asked them how are you going to review these? Will you do you have a Dolby room set up? Do you have uh, who you know who's quality control to know if it's it's done right? The answer has been we don't. Um, we just trust that you'll do it right. Which I you're the mastering engineer. Appreciate appreciate <laughs> like <laughs> let's let's instill that trust on the stereo side too. <laughs> that would be great. Like there, but people are saying that about the. Atmos stuff because they don't even really understand what's going on still. So, nor would they, you know. Um, should they? Probably. But there's just such a blind eye to quality control still. There's such a lack of um, care for this format, which is the disappointing and sad thing because the people that adore it and work mm-hmm. in it, it's great. Like, you people, you guys and gals, are are doing the Lord's work. Like you, you care about it. You're investing into it. You're doing it right. You care about the quality control. You do think there's value, and there, you know, it's a different format that's stereo, and it can, it can, uh, you know, bring a new form of entertainment, a different type of entertainment. It can make old songs feel new or something or different. That's great. All of you out there who are really caring about this, I it's great. I just don't see still the um, this becoming something that's really going to catch on um, outside of it being for the elite, uh, you know, top hundred artists on Billboard or you know the the A list people because it's just still it's still too clunky, it's still too confusing, and there's still too much confusion even from creation from the start of it of people keep asking me too like how do i create for atmos and i'm like i don't know like (laughs) people are not well like studios back to what you just said yeah go for it about the top 100 artists on billboard yeah why are those artists producers submitting atmos mixes they're submitting them so they can get their stereo mixes promoted. <laughs> That's why they're doing it. Because DSPs are withholding promotion currently. Um, not all of them and probably not all situations, <laughs> but I have firsthand interaction with emails for label releases from people 
that say basically, hey, you know these DSPs, they're with we need to get an Atmos version in here, otherwise they're gonna not put us in the playlist. So you know, so it's not even that they're releasing it because they want to release it and they no, believe in the format, my, that the artist believes right. in the format. My experience thus far has been this is a hoop to jump through to get to the end result we really want, which is we still want the stereo version to basically be the main version and that version to still be promoted or at least the record to be promoted alongside the one single that's both stereo and Atmos um, or Apple Spatial. And that, to me, once again, is just sad. It's just sad that we as creators are being forced to create things that we don't even quite understand. People don't even quite understand why we have to do it. And it's sad that there, there's always been gatekeeping. But this is so blatantly clear. If you're in the industry, you can see the gatekeeping that is going on right now with this format. And it's so sad because I talked about this in the first episode is like, you could probably make Atmos catch on if you would just do a better job with marketing it and a better job mm-hmm. explaining it and a better job rolling it out and a better job helping independent creators get to work in it so it's not as clunky and stop making people feel bad if they don't have a hundred grand to drop into a room tomorrow. Like, There's probably lots of people who want to work in this format, but they can't. They literally cannot. Um, and they will never be able to get into an Atmos room that's you know certified by Adobe. They're, they don't have the the space, let alone you know the space to make a Dolby room. Um, so I would love you know I'd love to see a lot of change for this format to take off. It's got to be more consumable. It's got to be like headphone accessible. It's got to be easier to work in, quicker to work in. The file f- sizes are just too big, like, and that's probably not going to change. Like a song is like 10 gigs, you know, because there's a hundred some plus up to like beds, you know, tracks. So it's just a mess to work in as far as space goes um, and storage and for a computer to handle it. Um, And so, yeah, it just feels still clunky. Not the, not the, the experience of the format is not what I'm talking about. The experience of the format. You go to You're talking app. about the workflow. I'm talking about the workflow. I'm talking about is it worth it, which is kind of this episode. Is it worth it to try and get into it? Is it worth it to change gears and go, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drop 50, 60 grand. You know, I'm going to get certified. You know, I'm going to do this whole thing. Um, my answer is still no. It is not worth it yet. And maybe it will be one day, but for most people out there, I don't think you need to worry about this format. You can be curious about it. You can educate yourself. You can dabble in it. You can work in it. Work on it in headphones that you know can do it with binaural. But my observation is there's not a there's not a demand for it on the day to day. You know there's not a a demand from the consumer. The consumer doesn't even know what this format is still, um, which doesn't mean they won't. Of course, you could say this whole episode is like, oh, you're just short sighted. You can't see the future. I cannot see the future. I don't know. But we're like two years into this thing. And all I've seen is just more confusion. Um, The releases, some of them have gotten better, but most still are pretty rough. Um, The stereo Mm -hmm. version, in my opinion, uh, I guess I'll say beats it still. Um, You know, and most consumers are listening in stereo outside of like Apple making defaults or if people start making defaults, 
of this format, which is exactly what I talked about in our episode a year and a half ago is if you force this format, if you make home theater systems, and I said this on that episode of like, I went to Costco a year and a half ago, two years ago, and they started all the, basically the only surround sound systems they were selling had Dolby Atmos with it. So if you force this format where you make the default setting on playbacks on DSPs, Spatial or Atmos to the consumer, of course you can skew these numbers. You can go, hey, the listener does prefer this. The listener does enjoy this because they're all listening to it. They don't even know you're forcing it on them. Just like with home theater. Oh, home theater sales are up with Dolby Atmos. People must really love this format. No, you just dump the thing into it. They don't know what they're doing. They don't set it up right. They're setting it up on the on their freaking like, you know, on the carpet. They're putting speakers just wherever they can go. They're not having someone come install like a professional theater system. And so these format, this format is being shoved down people's throats still, which is a disservice to the format. Once again, that's what I think with this episode is like this format, I've heard some stuff that's pretty cool in it. Is it fun to create in? Sure. Can it be like really entertaining to experience it? Yes. Are there cool records that feel cooler on 12 different speakers? Yes. Than just earbuds. 100%. I'm happy to say that. But is it worth it? I don't think so. Is it going to catch on? I don't think so. I don't think that as we know it, as it's going right now, this is going to become something that people need to be super invested into currently. I think the people that are early adopters, maybe it works out for them, but for a lot of the engineers I know who have done it, they regret it. Um, The demand has not been there for them. The budgets have not always been there for them. And they basically are still saying, my stereo mix is better than the stereo fold down. So it's not like a two for one or like you can just work in Atmos and then you have every other version done. These guys know, and I know too, if you've worked in stereo for 20 years and then you work in Atmos and you fold it down and you hear the stereo version, you know that's not as good as the stereo version when you just do a stereo version. So I think that's part of this conversation is I think we need to go to a spot where we go stereo is still great and Dolby Atmos or Spatial can be great. They're two different formats, two different tools, two different ways to create. But if we keep going down this path of this is better and this is the future and this format is going to beat out this other format and that if you don't want to do Dolby Atmos, if you don't want to invest into it, then you're behind, you're not for the industry, you don't see the future, you know, you're an old person and your hand, you know, your head's in the sand. I think we've missed everything with this format, which could be the death of the format, unfortunately. Like, once again, we've, this goes back to like loudness, like us as the engineers are the ones doing the damage. <laughs> like, the consumer is not doing the damage. It's us, it's greedy people trying to make money once again who are trying to force things and force fear just like with loudness and penalties and it's confusing people and I think people are starting to understand and starting to catch on that we're not always being told the truth we're not always being told like you know people are getting smarter you can only like fool people so many times especially like independent business owners 
there's going to come a point, which I think is where we're at, where they're all going, is this worth the investment or should I just keep doing stereo? And most people are saying, I'm just going to keep doing stereo because literally no one's asking me to do a different version. There may be some questions of, hey, can you do this or what do you think about this? But for most people out there still, there's not the demand. And so that's what I've seen here in town, even from major label artists, like unless you're top tier, uh, maybe not top tier. There's been like, I'll, I usually say like ABC artists, like B artists that I've worked on where I've done the Stereo Master and then they do an Atmos single to to get the DSP, to get playlisting done, not because they care about Atmos. And I'm, of course, assuming that, but from the way it's been presented, it's we don't really care what the Atmos sounds like. We just need it done. Um, you know, there's no, like, care about it. So uh, that's kind of my first long-winded uh, observation of it. Is it worth it? What's been going on the last year and a half in town? Uh, I don't think it's worth it yet for most people. If you're one of the people that you know you're in demand for it, yeah, I guess it's worth it if you enjoy it. Um, and if you feel like the people who are demanding it like <clears throat> actually care about it. Or maybe it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You like creating the format and it brings you joy. That's great. And if people like what you're doing and you like what you're doing, you know, you don't even need my blessing, but that's, I'm glad you found something. But most people I've found are still very confused about it and are very uh, concerned about, is this something I need to be really worried about? Do I need to start saving? Do I need to, you know, do a second mortgage on my house so I can do this? For me, the answer is no, you don't need to do it. This is this is the typical like if you build it they will come. That's if you build it they probably won't come currently. Um, and you can go down the line too. I know I said that was it. Like what I'm tr- I'm handing it off, but there's the there's been this kind of presentation that if you do build Atmos, then you'll be one of the first people in Atmos room, and you invest into it to then get this work or get this label work. And to be honest, like. You're not you're not in the right league. You're not in the the professional league like the NBA. Like you're still an amateur. Like and that, that's even speaking to me. Like I'm not going to get Justin Bieber's record. Like I'm not in the runnings for that. And if I build an Atmos room, I'm not in the run. Like I'm not in the runnings to do his Atmos version. Like that's already taken care of. So this idea that's been floating around the internet of kind of like, oh, if you build it, like you'll be one of the people in demand. It's like, no, you're not because you're currently not in demand for the stereo version. Like, <laughs> the labels are not going to trust you to do an app, to do a new format, most likely. They're going to go to the top, 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 top people that are kind of getting into it uh, or have gotten into it and have them just do it. So I don't like people being fooled or misled or people wasting their time and money um, when there's plenty of things they can do still in stereo land with their business um, to, you know, create in stereo. Like, there's still plenty of stereo mastering being done. Um, and the whole, like, Billboard 100 article that was been floating around that I think people thought was, like, a really big deal is not a big deal because it basically just shows that 60... They, they said Dolby claims two-thirds of all Billboard 100 artists basically... Have are releasing like an Atmos version. <clears throat> so basically, all that means is like 66 of the top artists in the whole world have made an Atmos song. That doesn't mean there's a demand for it. <laughs> that doesn't mean really anything. It doesn't mean you have to do it or an independent like 
artist has to do it or you're not going to be a top artist. These artists are not even, I'm sure, like for the most part, probably engaging with the format and they're probably just doing it just because the providers will promote them better. Um, and then the other question, of course, is, well, why isn't the other third doing it? <laughs> like, which of the which of the two thirds, the top, the bottom, in between? Like, why is there a third not doing it on the, the top hundred? Um, that should tell you something. Um, if all the hundred are not doing it, and this is the the new thing, this is the best thing that's out there, and it's been out there for twelve or for ten years essentially, um, the format, and at least a year and a half to two years to be creating in, why have a third of them not done it? Because you can do it. Like it's not necessarily hard to work in the format. It is a bit, but like. There's plenty of top guys who are working in it now, so why aren't they doing it? It's because there's not a demand for it. The consumer's not consuming it. It's just something to promote right now. Uh, it could in the future become something that is super popular and people demand for with immersive audio. And if we get like a chip implanted into us one day that we get to experience like tech inside our brain, who knows? But for now, I think people can keep waiting. Um, I don't think you're missing out on anything uh, because I, which at this stage, 12 years in, who's pretty far along, I barely get asked about it. Um, and I am, quote unquote, a lot of you look up to me and where I'm at in my career. So I'm pretty sure if I'm barely getting asked about it, I don't want anybody listening. And don't let me stop you because don't let me be your ceiling either uh, at all. But I just don't want people wasting time, money, and and there's so much fear surrounding this topic, um, and it's making people really question their business, and it's making people make dumb business decisions, which is terrible. So that's not what should be happening. When you roll out a new format, it should be a fun time of creation. It should be a fun time of enjoyment. It should be like forward movement, and instead it's been confusion, fear, and I don't know if this is better or not. Okay, thank you, Matt, for letting me go. Please go talk. <laughs> I got like sixteen minutes left. <laughs> you can add, you can add you can add more. No, I'm not going to. Um, do y'all remember back in episode 100 when Sam said, "You know, I didn't really know if I had a lot to say when we started a podcast." <laughs> I didn't know, like, how could, like, I have an opinion to where we can fill up 30, 45 minutes or an hour. Well, ladies and germs, there you go. <laughs> Anywho. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you pretty much hit on a lot of the things that um, that I have written down. I was like, you probably hear me in the background, <laughs> like, like, crossing out stuff. I'm like, oh, no, we got that one, too. Um, I want your opinion, though, and your pushback or thoughts on everything. In 15 minutes or less. In 15 minutes. You can go a little over if you want. I'm not going to go over okay. at all. You're not going to go over. One, I think it. I think that any time a new format comes out, it's really exciting. I think it's like a time like for legitimate like celebration that, hey, this thing that we're doing is advancing. Um. I also think that whenever something new comes out, it does call time for kind of pause before you jump at something. 
Um, and you kind of like look at everything that's going around and like, okay, well, and, and my kid's going to, my kid is going to probably get in trouble a lot in school um, from his teachers because um, I'm really encouraging him to ask why and why something is the way that it is. And if he doesn't get the answer, like an answer that like, it's like you need to keep pushing because you need the why on, on certain things. And sometimes you're not going to get it. Um, but when stuff comes out, I always ask why I always am like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a business person. It's like, I follow the money. It's like, I'm like, why is, why is this happening? So I have, I have my own, my own things, which I'm not going to go down but one, it's exciting when a new format does come out. I I do like seeing the audio industry move forward. I think it's like, <clears throat> like a it's Sam and I like he said in the last episode that he's now a dad. Congratulations. Um, but like, if anyone knows me, my favorite movies are back the Back to the Future trilogy. And uh, people say when you have a kid that the like oh yeah, it's like yeah, your world, you're it's gonna be like a like a like a three sixty or a one eighty. It's like no, it's actually like in Back to the Future two when you enter when Marty and all of them enter the alternate nineteen eighty five and like Biff's the mayor and all that stuff. And that's kind of how you move forward. It's not as bleak and dark as alternate nineteen eighty five and Back to the Future two, um, but it is like kind of like a little bit of like an alternate reality kind of thing. Um, so I think it's exciting when a new format comes out. I think you should pause and you should ask why. Um, I think the, I think where I'd like to go with this next is let's, is staying on the business side of things. So, cause this is kind of like, let's just say wrapping the episode. Um, should you do this? Um, I think that you need to ask yourself a few questions. Um, I think those questions are, is this practical, is it consumable, and is it economical? Is it practical? Is it practical for you to go from stereo to Atmos with your current clientele? Are you being asked um, about this, for this? Are you being approached regularly enough that for some reason, I'm never hearing anyone else talk about um, is there ROI in this alternate 1985? Um, and I'm not talking about you're going to get more clients because of this. Because if you get more clients that are just stereo that don't want Atmos, then that money doesn't go to all well, the Atmos helped pay back for the Atmos install. So as far as like, like, as far as like, like the economical part of this, are you able to actually make this jump? Are you, you really don't need to be putting yourself into any type of like heavy type of like mortgage situation, like second mortgage and all like selling a an organ, doing all the, I don't know, selling like, are you going in like breeding pets so you can like make this thing happen? Are you like kind of getting into like really weird financial straits to make this thing happen? Um, and then that goes back to the practicality part of it. Like, are you actually like, is the demand actually there from your side? And then 
I think I I I think this is a very introspective question. And it's not directed at the format because is it consumable is a very broad question. Of course it's consumable. Who is going to be consuming this? Who of your clients' audiences is going to be consuming this? Are these clients that are asking for these Atmos mixes, masters, whatever they are, are they going to be return clients for you? These are all questions you need to be asking yourself because it's like I think one of the... Uh, biggest things, uh, I call them KPIs, key performance indicators. One of the biggest KPIs of your business is do you have return clientele? And are these return clientele going to be asking for this type of product again? Um, so I think those are the three questions you need to ask yourself from a business perspective. Is it practical? Is it consumable? Is it, and is it economical? Are your clients listeners going to be able to consume this in a way that it's going to come across as this is a profitable investment for you. Another side of this, which it's like you can take my side as pro or con. Um, I'm not going to get into it. I can answer that question um, because it's not, it's not practical, consumable, or economical for me to do it. Um, and I've already answered these questions. Um, but another side of it, like what I was getting into is because you are seeing labels enter into this world of like bringing all of their back catalogs up to spec with Atmos and they're going back far. I mean, if you wanted to get into any type of very niche label work really quick, you could probably take a really solid season and polish up on how to do that. And you could probably work yourself into a very crafty situation where you are the guy who the labels are calling on, the guy or the gal, to essentially help bring up these back catalogs. And then that's how you work your way into um, this type of a format. I honestly think it's just kind of like another kind of a... like like version of surround um kind of like if you were to go back pre iPod um cuz that's in my opinion what killed surround to a degree um the first time um i think you could get yourself into like an interesting business niche by working in the back catalog thing also you could probably work your way inside of the whole i don't know if you wanted like quick awards i mean atmos stuff's going to definitely be up for Grammys and whatnot if everyone's kind of pushing it. If DSPs are pushing it, then they're definitely going to incentivize it on the Grammy level. So <laughs> that sounds like, and it's like a relatively small pool of people who are doing it. So it's like, you could do this and you could do that as low hanging fruit. And so on either side of this, it's like, I'm more, I'm more coming in from it from the business, from the business point of view. There is a hefty investment, and so you just have to be able to make that in a very wise way. Um, am I going to offer it? No. I, I don't think it's something I want to look into. I don't have the time for it. Um, it's not something that I really want to invest my time, money, energy into learning. I feel like if I were to do it, I'd be very disingenuous with it and I would just buy a really nice pair of headphones and like a really top pair of like Odyssey or something 
and offer it that way. But I could never do it long term because I would feel very disingenuous. But it's once again, who's going to know? Because the label's not checking and no one else is checking. No one knows how to check it. So if that's the case, you could technically get away with it that way. But I'm not going to offer it and I'm not going to do it. And I, everything I get, I do redirect to other places who do it better than me. And it's just about anyone. Um, it's just not something I'm ever really looking into. Um, the question that I have, though, is I don't really know where the line is right now between Atmos and Binaural. And binaural is a system that I do believe works. I said this in the spatial audio episode. Um, binaural is a system that works. It's really creepy how well it works. It's fantastic how well it works. Um, if your consumability part of the spectrum is like, like if, if you're trying to like tick the needle in that direction, the consumability for binaural, in my opinion, is exponentially greater than the consumability um, for Atmos. And I don't think that I'm being hyperbolic saying that. Because when you throw on a pair of headphones, which is kind of like Apple Spatial Audio, who, what is the consumer listening on? Listening on headphones. They don't have an Atmos room. 99.9% of these people don't have an Atmos room that they're listening in. They're throwing on AirPods, the AirPod Maxes or whatever it is. Um, so I don't know why binaural wouldn't be better because every time I throw on a pair of AirPods, which it's like, I pretty much listen to those, like whether I'm at the gym, mowing my lawn, doing whatever. I, I love them. I love the pros. You can put them in the, the transparent mode. You can put them in the, the noise canceling mode. It's really awesome. And they kind of save your hearing whenever you're mowing the lawn or doing whatever. Um, they're crap though. They're, they're absolute garbage. The quality, the, the quality of the actual hardware is garbage. I'm actually on my third pair. Um, and they're really expensive, but I really like them. I really like them for monitoring. So my question is, why would they not offer binaural instead of Atmos? And so that's kind of weird to me. Go on YouTube and type in like binaural stuff and you're like, holy shit, I'm here. But if you listen to like something that's very close to that in Atmos, it's not like, holy crap, it's like I'm there. It's like, no, it's like I stuck my head inside of a bubble and there's a bunch of stuff going on around me. But like binaural, it's like the placement is right there and it is scary how like accurate and how like in your face it is. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's no money in binaural for Dolby. Dolby. I don't know. Um, there's no money in binaural software. It's hanging out for free on Logic. You can do whatever you want with it. I don't know. These are just me and my, my whys that I ask. Um... But my my big thing is, um, where's the ROI? I, I don't understand where the ROI is in where the ROI is in it right now. If you're a big guy, you're doing like a bunch of label work and whatnot. I 100% get it. I 100% get why you're doing it, why you're offering it, and you might completely love the format, and that is 100% perfect. And I'm glad you kind of found home in that. Um. I feel like a lot of the larger places are offering it because it's kind of a prerequisite to submit um, some label work and for you to kind of, for that like studio to kind of not necessarily remain relevant because these studios are massive, but to keep on checking those boxes, it's a pretty hefty bill 
to foot to offer this format. So, but for the people who are kind of medium sized studios and smaller studios, I don't understand where the ROI is. ROI is return on investment. Um, if Atmos just if making an Atmos room gets you more stu- stereo work, once again, that's not R- there's no ROI in that. That's just you being more relevant in the community. And so you're just getting some more of the same work. Um, but once again, I said some of those niches that you kind of could work yourself into. Um, so will I get into it? Probably not. I really don't like things that force their way into the market. Apple's a pretty big company and Dolby's a pretty big company. And I'm a sucker for Apple's marketing. I mean, I do a lot of stuff from my company. I tried to kind of parallel what Apple does. And it's like anytime like we do something, it's like, oh, what's Apple doing? Let's go look at how they did it. What's their website speed? What's their, like, how do they get such hang time? Oh, well, they're doing these hero pages on that, like, the infinite scroll pages. It's like, yeah, it's like you're having, like, three to five minutes of people just scrolling. And it's through this, like, gorgeous-looking screen stuff. And it's like, uh, or, like, yeah, whatever they're making, and it's like, oh, well, that's how they're getting people hanging around. Um, and how they're getting, like, hang time up. Don't get me wrong, like, Apple, like, like just everything that they do is just really, in my opinion, smart in how they do their marketing and how they do the little hype train. I think that their products are getting a little boring because they're not renovating, really. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like with the large budgets of these companies, to force something like this into the market is just a bit strange. And so it just makes me pause and ask why. So that's kind of my position on it. Um, neither really good nor bad. It's just I'm kind of like not going to dip my toe in the water. Um, so I think that's where I land on it, Sam. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, that's lovely. Okay, I, I took more of a business approach. You took a uh, you took a music approach. I like it. I don't know. My mine might have just been random rambling. No, I like that you're always the. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like a, like a Spitfire, and you're more like the rest of the story. <laughs> well, you it's it's a part of the story you have to consider. Right. It's great. Because at some point you got to whip out your wallet. Right. You got to write the check, you got to put your you got to put your butt on the line a little bit. Right. You got to calibrate this to the whole Dolby standard. You got to get the guy out there to give you his little like gold star of like, yeah, this is approved. Yep. And so I think that that needs to be taken into consideration. But there is a side, like I said, there is a lucrative side of it because the pool is small. Mm -hmm. And if Grammys matter to you, then you could potentially, and you get good at it, you could really leverage the market. Right. Um, Did you ever watch the movie Cars? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know when uh, at the end, Lightning McQueen kind of gives up the the piston cup and to go push Doc across the line. Yep. And uh, all his pit crew are like, oh, you just gave it the piston cup. And he's like, oh, in the words of a wise race car, it's just an empty cup. And so it's like, you know, if that's what you want to chase, go ahead and chase that. Um, but that's kind of what that is in my opinion. So anywho, I think that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know how this episode will come across um, I don't know <laughs> what the reception will be. We definitely put off this episode for probably 20 episodes. Yeah. 
So I wanted to kind of look into stuff a little bit more and really form like a little bit better of an opinion. Um, but anywho, I think that's it. That's it. So anywho, I'm going to take us home because we've been going on for a little while. Take us out. Cool. If you hear the sweet beat in the background, that was that kind of sounded like how fast I was talking. Kind of <laughs> sounded like the end of like a like a prescription commercial. This prescription Anyway, if you hear the sweet beat in the background, is made by the one and only Sam Moses. If you wouldn't mind uh, giving him some love, thank you, for thanking him for putting these episodes together. He does such a great job, and he's going to make this episode sound great too. <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah, you will. Um, if you are in need of a mastering engineer and uh, you'd like one of us to help take your record, song, EP, whatever across the line, we would love to do that. Sam can be found at Moses Mastering and I can be found at For The Record Mastering. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done. Oh yeah, if you liked what you heard, uh, comment, like, share, subscribe, whatever you're going to do. That would be fantastic. I hope we don't get a lot of hate for this episode but i feel like it's an episode needed to be put out so it is what it is it is what it is morning afternoon evening whatever you're having have a darn good one see y'all the next episode Bye. bye bye